0: advisor, Matt Moniz, and psychic medium, Stephanie Burke, and we are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. We thought we were going to have spooky TV running. That didn't happen. I'm not surprised there. Just got to check the mic numbers there. I'm not surprised at all that that didn't work because that's our luck. Ran a test for <clears throat> a good 20 minutes prior to the show. Sorry, I didn't mean to clear my throat in the microphone there. Uh, and nothing happened. When it came time to actually broadcast live on YouTube, so yeah, whatever. Everybody that cares about that stop caring about it because it's a radio show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, otherwise it's called TV, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a radio show. Listen to us on the radio. We're on like ten different apps. You can listen to us on those. I just don't care about the video anymore. I
2: mean, I'm okay with that because I didn't. I wasn't ready. Nobody told me.
0: I'm. I'm. I, I just. I. It's all I hear. Really? It's like, I'm sorry that we ever did it to begin with.
2: Well, I mean, I understand why, because people like to see a visual, and that's kind of the world that we're living in right now, is everybody likes to see a video when it comes to audio. So, I understand it, I get it, but I wasn't ready for it tonight. I showed up looking looking a little crazy.
0: You know, the the stream key is the same. I don't know why it's not working. You two talk amongst yourselves. Okay. I'll okay.
2: You. Well, yeah. Well, what shall we talk about?
1: Well, if you want to talk about the streaming thing, I think it's because people like to see other people's reactions, you know, about something. Yeah, I can Cause see that. Because they read, they read off of what what you're putting out, you know, uh, so it's like, they identify
2: the, by, uh, by that. The other thing too, I think is just the, the world we're living in right now is the like the TikTok generation. Um do you want me to explain that to you? We just went over how you had a flip phone like 2 years ago. So, um, I am old. I do
1: have young nieces and nephews. Oh, good,
2: good, good. So you're kind of hip. Yeah. Um kind of. Kind of a, a little bit. Okay. We won't talk about anything else. We won't we won't yeah, judge bo- you anymore. Bo- moving um, on. But I think people are just used to wanting to see something. They they want to be visually stimulated, not just listening. Like I don't drive down the road anymore and listen to the radio i'm either on a phone call or i'm listening to something very specific i was just talking about that the other day too um if i could watch something while i'm driving i would
0: okay we've got the uh, video stream going oh so you want me to shut up so now? thank you everybody for tuning in and watching us on spooky tv so glad to be back really oh yeah forget all that really? grumpy stuff from before
2: oh, oh. <laughs> you guys grumpy tim has exited the building
0: I don't think anybody really bought that I was that upset about it anyway.
2: You, you've you had your, your very few moments of being grumpy, Tim, over the last 10 years that I've been here.
0: I think most people probably know at this point that, you know, if there's technical things in here, we're going to screw them up somehow.
2: So are we just on YouTube or are we on, like, social media, too?
0: No, we should be on everything. Oh, God, really? Uh-oh. Ugh. Oh. I know it's not... Ugh,
2: oh, I wasn't ready for that.
0: I know it's not great radio to be... Uh, you know, checking all the things that we're on, but, <clears throat> and again, it's not great radio to be clearing my throat. Give me a second.
1: <coughs> There's still that better.
0: Still can't shake this cough. Uh, but we are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. Happy to be back on spooky TV. Thank you to Frank the engineer for being able to get that going and making it so that we can do that. Uh, you should be able to have access as well to the live chat room if you are Going over to YouTube. So it's youtube.com <laughs> slash spooky south coast, I think gets it to you now. Uh, if not, I think it's spooky. I think it's youtube.com slash user spooky south coast. But I think we have enough cachet with the YouTube now that, that, that yeah. you don't need to have the user part. So, uh, oh, and I, I just noticed that the phones are off. I, I don't know why that is. Oh.
2: Because nothing's working tonight?
0: <laughs> as far as I know, phones were working earlier in the day here on WBSN. I was going to ask
2: you why there was no light. Did something happen?
0: Is the power supply plugged into the back of the phone? Because uh, that's usually the culprit. I
2: mean, where
0: would it be? I don't know. I, I'm not seeing a power I
2: supply plugged in. I don't see one at all.
0: Well, I guess we won't have phone calls then. Whatever's there, pull it out and put it back in. That usually fixes everything.
2: That's what she said.
0: That's how I fix the entire station. Hold on. Just unplug the station and so plug it back in. No, so, and anybody that's watching on Spooky TV can see this. That's why they're so glad that we have the camera. Oh, it's back. Okay, there we go. All uh, right. Okay. Magic. <laughs> no, it just, it it went through <laughs> and then wiped. Okay, here we go. It's booting up. All right. Fascinating radio. <laughs> Fascinating, First 15 minutes All right. getting set up. fascinating <laughs> podcast for people that are listening after <laughs> the fact. So, uh, we are, we are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. It's like the third time I've said that now. And do we already have a call? <laughs> it's yeah, and I know who it is. So, can I just
2: say how unfair it is that I'm watching this and we can only see the back of your head, but you can see me in both Moni's and my own? Screen. I mean,
0: I can fix that so the next you, time you, you guys are talking
2: because that's just wrong.
0: I, it's it's also very hard when you're in here by yourself And you're trying to fix it And then you're like looking and then looking And then <laughs> looking and then looking You know it's very hard to like fix Like the
2: one person that doesn't want to be on camera Is on two of them And don't push it too far Because then I'll be on three
0: <laughs> The biggest problem is that It's just stuck on top of a monitor Right So just wait a few seconds It'll probably look better
2: I just see your hand now That's it It's a little better A little better A little better, a little better.
0: I mean, the everybody can your head. everybody can see my parabox shirt. Well, uh, the I problem. I mean, what is,
2: we should have done was turn this one toward you.
0: I but I didn't have enough, um, enough cable for that one. Yeah. To be able to go anywhere else.
2: I know, but that one can go to you.
0: Yeah, but then that one can't go anywhere.
2: It probably would have. Oh, you could have just turned it this way.
0: But then you'll be far from the camera. That's it's harder okay. to see. <laughs> I think the that's best what the best looking was. person <laughs> in the studio, is the one complaining about being on camera. Yeah. Like you're the you're the eye candy here, Stephanie. No, I'm not. I don't think we can say that anymore though in 2021. Yeah. Why not? What can you say anymore? Well, I don't want to get into all that. But uh, what oh. we will get into tonight is you know, we talk a lot about here in on the South Coast and in this area particularly the Freetown State Forest, the Bridgewater Triangle. We talk a lot about the paranormal aspects of things. We don't talk a lot about the true crime aspects of things. And I can tell you now that, a uh, little plug for Midnight Society, but on May, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to try not to cough in the microphone. Uh, May 14th, I believe it is, the Friday, it's a Friday, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that Friday is, the it's second week of May. Okay, so May 14th. We're gonna have a very special edition of Midnight Society where Aaron Cadu is gonna join me and we're gonna talk about all of the like weird, bizarre crime in the South Coast in the last like, I don't know, forty years just to to pick a number. Because there's been so much of it. Yep. And so much of it even goes back even beyond forty years ago. We could get into, you know, the crime that turned onset from Hollywood East and the place where all the stars would go to the reputation that it had for years as, um, a place that nobody wanted to go. And thankfully they've been able to, you know, bring it back to uh, a nice place to go and visit again and a nice place to live and all of that. But for many, many years, people would only say, you know, I mean, you know, this Moniz, you grew up there during that time, not in onset, but you grew up in Wareham yeah. during that time when people said, Oh, you don't go to onset after dark. You know, yeah,
1: I, I remember those. days
0: You'd go to get a Mark Anthony's pizza, and like people would worry about getting jumped just going into the pizza place because the pizza place only takes cash. So everybody knew that everybody walking in had mm-hmm. cash. Mm. Uh, but anyway, it's not like that at all anymore. You know, it's 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 great. They have awesome shops down there. You know, a little cafe, my barbers down there. It's like just a great place. Mm-hmm. But for a while, it had that bad reputation, and it stems back to when there was a a kidnapping and murder. That happened, I believe, in the 1940s. But before that, and even a little bit after that, too, it still kind of had some some sway for a while. It was a place where all the stars would come through. I mean, when the casino was there, there was a there was a casino on Onset. And by casino, 20s, I don't mean...
1: 20s and 30s. Yeah.
0: I think it started even earlier than that. Um, but by casino, I don't mean like a place where you went and gambled.
1: No, it was, uh, it was entertainment, entertainment type.
0: Like a, 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 a dance hall, so, a bowling alley. Yeah. Uh, They had all different kinds of uh, entertainment going on there. And Fats Domino came through there. I've heard that Frank Sinatra played there. Uh, I think if I heard right when he went there, it was when he was the singer for uh, the Tommy Dorsey band. So it was Tommy Dorsey that came through with him as the singer. But still, you know, before he was this huge star. But still, it was a place that people would go to. And, and, you know, we know, too, the spiritualist history of it even before that. Right. Uh, So if you want to start going back to that crime, and I forget what year that happened... know that's when we really started to get this reputation as a place where weird true crime happens but it was definitely over the last 40 years that that exploded and part of that is the Fall River cult murders Mm
3: -hmm.
0: yeah which we've talked a little bit about here on the program Uh, we know that we know that Carl Drew who is the central figure in that Mm -hmm. story for a lot of people but probably isn't the central figure Uh, We do know that he is a listener of the program. Yes. So that's interesting. Uh, We also know that some other people that were involved in that are listeners to the program. We have also been warned not to talk about the cult because it is still active and it reaches some of the highest levels of what makes Bristol County, Bristol County. So... For that reason, we've always kind of shied away from talking about it. But it's going to be really hard not to because there's a documentary coming out about it, and it's going to be on the Epics channel. I don't know if either know of you have that. I know
2: that is no. I was asking um, our friend Aaron um, what that was, or you know when it was airing, or you know is it something that everybody can see because you know, it's something that's local to us. So I wasn't sure if it was more of a local thing or if it was, you know, completely global. So,
0: so it is, um, it is a cable channel that's on. Well, I know, I mean, I have Comcast. I know Comcast yeah. is in New Bedford. I don't know what's in Fall River. Um, but it's, it's, I know it's on Comcast. Comcast is in Fall River. It was on Verizon when I had Verizon. Yeah. So uh, you know, chances are it's on your cable system. If not, I know you can subscribe to it online. Yeah. It originally started as, a, you know, an online thing before they, before like Netflix and Hulu were really a thing. Epix came out as something that you could stream online, and then also had an on-demand option, but they didn't have a regular network space mm-hmm. where they were showing the movies. Now they do, but um, for for now, you know, if anybody doesn't have it on their cable, I think it's. I think I pay like six or seven bucks a month extra to add it onto my cable. But right now, uh, I saw a commercial where Domino's Pizza
3: yep.
0: is running this promotion where if you sign, if you go online and order your Domino's Pizza, you get a free month of epics.
2: Huh.
0: So I don't know like when you have to sign up for that and how long that promotion is going to go. But the the Fall River documentary starts in May. So maybe you have the opportunity to, to get that and kind of, you know, sock it away until May comes. But again, you, you know, it's a couple of bucks a month. Right. And you can, you can add on the channel and watch the documentary and then call up the cable company and say, I don't want this channel anymore. And actually, I mean, not that I'm telling everybody how to cheat the system, but if you order the channel and you have it for a month and then you don't want it anymore, you can probably talk to the cable company to taking it off your bill. So, that
2: was like a whole extra step right there.
0: <laughs> it was, and all you know, and they do free preview weekends all mm-hmm. the time and things like that. So, people that want to see it will have a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty positive of that. But it's going to focus on those cult crimes and on, you know, the conviction of Carl Drew, the conviction of Robin Murphy. I don't know what kind of true story we're really going to get. If it's anything like the um, Charles Manson documentary that they did, uh, I believe it was over the summer. Uh, then it was, yeah, that would have made sense over the summer. Well, I don't know. I don't remember when it was, but it was very good anyway. And I know that um, they have a lot of other documentaries like that that they have planned. So it's going to be, you know, I think they're trying to match up with HBO. Yeah. Because HBO is just doing fantastic <laughs> work. They have, st- I don't know if you have HBO still or if you watch it.
2: I don't really watch much TV anymore.
0: So they had a great documentary just now. Uh, it was a a, a a short series. I think it was four episodes called "The Lady and the Dale." Mm-hmm. Uh, Monies. Do you remember hearing about the Dale when you were younger? The Dale car, the three wheeled car.
1: I believe so. Yeah, it's seen in a lot of like old seventies and eighties movies. Well, they never right?
0: they never made it.
1: They, okay, then it's not the three wheel vehicle. Okay, well, I'm thinking of that. No,
0: probably not. They 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 had a prototype. But it never really became on the market because, as it turns out, the person who you know create well, the person who was the, the head of the company uh, was was a crook. And even though they would, she was trying to do the right thing. With that, she also had a very long criminal history going back to before she was a woman, when she was a man and was a you know a petty criminal and a con man, and then you know, became the head of this automobile company. And then even that, you know, that drew national headlines because she was breaking in millions of dollars in investments and selling selling the car on spec, but then not delivering the product. So it turned into a whole thing. But the documentary was fascinating. And, uh, and then I kept saying to myself, how come I hate this reporter? The reporter that broke this story about her, like milking people for their money and... You know, I didn't like the fact that he was making a big deal about the fact that it was a trans person, but it was the 70s. That would have been a huge headline back then. I understand that. But I was like, who is this guy? Why do I just want to punch him in the face? <laughs> and then they tell you later on who he is. And I was like, oh, that's why. It's Tucker Carlson's dad. So thanks for that. But um, <laughs> if I want to punch his son in the face, it only makes sense that I want to punch the father in the face too. But anyway, uh, the Documentary series was great on that. Now they have one about Woody Allen and Mia Farrow, which is also uh, fascinating. I don't. Th- I didn't watch a lot of Woody Allen movies before. I don't know if I'll ever watch one again.
1: Which one did you watch? Uh,
0: I don't think I've really seen like a whole one start. I think I saw Mighty Aphrodite start to finish. Okay. But I don't know that I saw, you know, any other one like beginning to end. Uh, maybe, uh, I think he did everyone says I love you, which I was only going to watch because of the Mark brothers connection. Oh, go watch sleeper. Well, I've, yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of that. That's very funny. Um, but I don't know that I can watch them again, knowing what they've been putting about him <laughs> being. So not only is Mia Farrow accusing him of being a pedophile, uh, with their own children, but the theme apparently shows up in a lot of his films and nobody really thought anything weird about it. So the movie Manhattan is all about Mm -hmm. how he's a 42-year-old guy, 43, my age, having a relationship, a sexual relationship, with a 17-year-old Muriel Hemingway. So I don't think I would watch that movie anyway, but now I definitely wouldn't. Uh, But anyway, and don't give me that. It was a product of the time... Stuff for that, because that's creepy no matter when the time was. So, he's see, look.
2: I'm just, I'm just here.
0: <laughs> anyway, so those are Did some... If I th-
2: comment, this is just going to turn down a crazy road that's not anything to do with the paranormal. Well,
0: and so. the point, the point of all that is, is just about how great the documentaries are these right. days. Uh, anybody that has been consuming, especially the true crime content on Netflix or on HBO or... or I guess even Discovery ID, although I find those to be very salacious and not, you know, those aren't really made to give you a balanced look at the case. Those are made to kind of give you, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Entertainment. Uh, it's, it's more of a, it's, it's, it's red meat for people that are, you know, true crime fans. Right. You know, they don't, they don't waste the time with the nuance. They don't waste time with. It. They're like this guy killed his wife. Here's the story. <laughs> you know, this like they don't even bother them. Mm-hmm. They're not re-examining the case. They're just giving you all the blood and guts.
2: Well, I think it became really popular. All the
0: shock value.
2: Right. I don't remember how long ago it was now, but when Netflix really started to dig into stuff like that, what was it like? How to how to make a murderer, or you know something like that, where they were examining this one case, right? And people became crazy over it. And then once that really went through the roof, people started to, to dig deeper into some of these cases. And I've noticed now, um, even with the anniversary of the Bonnet case, um, that came up, what was that, last year or the year before? And now there's still documentaries coming out with, let's reexamine everything, let's reexamine all the evidence, but, you know, on national TV. I've noticed even um, 2020, every Friday, is now doing a true crime case. Um, and, and digging deeper and deeper into re-examining evidence of these these either horrific murders or mysteries that have happened that nobody solved yet. So it's it's definitely a, dare I say, like a pop culture thing now.
1: Well, how many times have we dove into cases like Lizzie's, old cases
2: <laughs> right. and things
1: ago, but you know.
2: But that kind of, you know, like, I the, think people start to the look at The dark
1: side of humanity is always going to be attractive in terms of attention. Oh, I think so, so too.
2: So. But I think, you know, with something like Lizzie's, because it was so many years ago, people are like, oh, it's spooky, it's a tale. But, like, no, it was an actual murder that happened. Yeah. But these recent cases are fascinating to people, um, which is kind of strange that Well. Uh, there's a flip there. It goes
1: <laughs> back to, like, the old... OJ case. That was the first case where people were involved in it from right that start all the way through the trial, the Mm -hmm. entire, you know, everybody was there. The world was there to see and view it. And That's um,
2: when technology was really becoming, you know, more available to people when it came to, hey, let's air this case. Um, People can sit at home and watch this instead of having to like look at little pictures that were drawn in the courtroom.
1: Or or get it from little snippets of right. this person's opinion, their view on right. it, their you know their spin view. We all got to see it as it happened.
0: Yep. Well, and you know, the, and what's
1: interesting was we all still saw it differently from different viewpoints. Oh, of
0: course so. we did. But they're yeah. also the documentaries now are also bringing to light cases that people don't even know about. Uh, there's a lot of stories that you know <coughs> the the don't f with cats series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. No, I've heard of it, but. <clears throat> Did you see it Moni's? No, so it it, it it it's it's a very niche corner of the internet, but it became a sensation for a while, probably because, you know, everybody was in lockdown and watching stuff on streaming. but even if you weren't just looking to fill the time, like it would have probably caught your attention because <clears throat> here's a case about a person who made a video in which he killed cats. and so that led to these, you know, Uh, Facebook people to try to track down who he is and like follow the whole story. And it turns out he was a much, much darker person than just that. Oh God. So that, yeah, there's a lot of that. But, and also I, I don't love the idea of these web sleuths, these people who sit around and try to like figure out cases online. Uh, You know, the, the, the podcasts are a little bit different because the people who put in the time and the effort to make the podcasts are really digging into the case they're getting the the court documents. They're getting the police files. They're getting everything that they can. But the people physically who are just
1: calling people physically and you know and, and doing the what's what's called legwork, real legwork. Uh, not that I, you can't I mean, do you know a certain amount of legwork on the some computer, people do, but, and other
0: people are crazy. Yeah, some of them don't do that. Some of them are you know just stealing other people's work that they've done and mm-hmm. reading it on the on their podcast. And I guess you know I I can't get mad about that. I know that there's podcasts where people are just reading Ghosts of the South Coast word for word. Yep. What can I do about that? You right. know, uh, it's nice if they give me credit. If they don't, whatever. Because uh, uh, I've had a few people tell me that they're like, "Oh, you know, I was reading. Uh, I heard this podcast and it sounded like your book, so I went and I listened, and I and it matches up pretty closely." Whatever. That's weird. Thanks for buying my book. Right. But the um, <laughs> the idea behind you know these these web sleuths who are just trying to pick up bits and pieces from what they can find online. They're not boots on the ground right. going and talking to the people that are involved. They're basically just waiting for a new story to come out or for somebody else to post something. And it turns into the telephone game where all of a sudden it is information that may or may not be true, but then becomes true because enough people have said it. And they they want to do it just to make YouTube videos and get YouTube hits, and any, anybody that listened to the beginning of this program knows I don't give a crap about YouTube, apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, the idea of that being, you know, the goal more than figuring out and solving the crime is a little annoying to me. Monies, don't put those headphones so close to the mic. Sorry. We'll get feedback. Uh, the 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 Cecil Hotel documentary, I don't know if anybody saw that on Netflix. I have not. <sighs> so... It was it was not great It was four hours, I think Which was about two hours more than it needed to be They repeated a lot of the same stuff And they gave far too much Time to these web sleuths Who, by the way Were convinced that they figured out who killed Elisa lamb That it was this, you know, death metal guy Who was staying at the hotel And makes all these dark music videos And all this, these dark songs with dark lyrics and all that And as it turns out, he had actually been there a year before she had been there and only for a couple of days and had nothing to do with it. But they still, you know, ruined his life, ruined his career. And then the documentary just glosses over it. They, you know, they interview him and he talks Mm -hmm. about, you know, how they ruined his life. But they never asked the people that actually ruined his life. So do you feel any, you know, remorse about what you did? Which is, to me, the key question in that whole thing. But instead, it's, you know, more focused on how much these web sleuths were going to solve this problem, even though they didn't have anything to do with it. Even though it was just regular good old-fashioned, you know, police work sure. that does yeah. the job. Oh. So, that's another one that people can go and, and check out if they want to check it out. But I didn't I didn't love it. And I can't say that I recommend it. I haven't seen the Ghost Adventures episode there. Um Because I don't have Discovery Plus anymore. You don't. I don't. Uh Uh-oh. Well, here's the thing. I don't have time to watch anything. So, like, when I want to watch a few things, it's not on Discovery. The stuff I want to watch isn't on Discovery Plus, so I didn't need to keep it. You know, so instead, I figure I'll just use it when I need to, you know, if I want to binge watch something. There you go. So, sorry to all my friends that have shows on Discovery Plus, but I needed to save the the money.
2: <laughs> did you see the, um, was it 2020 that just did it? Or there was a documentary on the local stations, but I'm sure it was a little bit more widespread, of the, the Bear Brook murders in New Hampshire. No. The woman and the children that were found in those 55-gallon um, drums that were just dumped in the uh, the woods.
0: When was this? I don't remember uh, this.
2: 1985.
0: Oh, I was young. I didn't do it.
2: No, it wasn't you. Um, but it was uh, a serial killer, Terry Rasmussen, um, and his victims. And it actually was a local librarian that started to put pieces together and completely solved the entire case recently.
0: But there. Yeah. In, like there being able to go and do the work. Yep. Not by watching a bunch of YouTube videos.
2: No, not by watching YouTube videos. But I was, you know, trying to point mm. out that sometimes it takes a person outside of law enforcement sure. to help,
0: and that happens all the time. And yep. uh, you know, podcasts have solved crimes. Yep. Uh, and I'm 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 all for that. I just don't think that people that are doing this just for the purpose of making a YouTube video and getting a bunch of views. Listen, I've I've been down on YouTube lately, anyway. Yeah. Uh, because of the, you know, the, the X Explorers, the Urban Explorers. and I
2: don't even watch that
0: stuff. The paranormal videos that people are making. Just the stuff, uh, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The trespassing. Yeah. Yeah, people that are, that. you know, they feel like like being a YouTube content creator is a license to break laws. Yep. And.
2: Even TikTokers, same thing. Yeah,
0: same. We, we were talking about that too the same way because. Like they feel like they get these followers and that kind of empowers them to go and do these things.
2: Well, I think, too, at the same time, if they do something that people know is wrong, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they got into this place or they did this. um, It's like watching a train wreck. You can't help but stand there and stare. So you're going to get more followers. You're going to get more watch um, from that. So,
0: And also, like, I don't know about you, but I find TikTok videos to be so perfectly produced, Yes, but I don't believe anything that I see in any of them.
2: No, like I think to myself all the time about making one and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to go through the, the entire process of editing something like that so perfectly. Like I'd have to do some type of content and then hand it off to somebody else to deal with because I just don't have the attention span.
0: From my understanding, and I don't know if this is true because I've never done, I've never made yeah. a TikTok video, but from my understanding, it's easy to do it all within the app.
2: Well, good to know because I'm still lazy.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't know that for a fact, yeah. but I think that's what somebody told me. Because to otherwise, know. if these people are actually like taking it and putting it, even like an iMovie, yeah. and making it and then uploading it to TikTok, like you, you need, you, you need to spend your time a different way.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. I just, I'm too busy to edit things that crazily.
0: We've also gotten to the point now There's where we have also the grumpy a grumpy old mental
1: constraint on them, isn't there? They have to be so many minutes.
2: No, I think it's just 60 seconds.
0: Yeah, but you can Got do him. you can do multiple in a yeah. row to like make it okay. you know. So you can you can get everything that you need to get in there. It's just going to be in those chunks. Same with like a snap story.
2: Yeah, but like you know? either way I can't just sit there and like <coughs> cut video and like piece it together as I need to. This, I don't I don't have wouldn't the Wouldn't that be tedious? Well, I think so, but I mean, you make money from it. So it makes sense okay, that people yeah. do it, but, yeah. but, I just, do, but do do you, tedious things yeah. for a
0: living? So, yeah. Yeah. But do you?
2: Yeah. I know what? people that do.
0: But how much do they make?
2: Um, I don't know. I can go back and ask, but.
0: Like we make money off YouTube, but, yeah. but like, like, we make like a hundred dollars a year.
2: My friend was saying the other day, she's like, I'm just, you know, I make my TikTok videos and she said, I'm just leaving all that money in there till the end of the year so I can like go on vacation. I'm like, Cool.
0: Like we, I think we make a hundred bucks a year, but which goes to paying for the website.
2: Legitimately like with these hundreds of thousands or millions of followers.
0: <laughs> That's um, where, they where get, the money would start They get paid
2: rolling. by yeah. like, not the follows, I think. So however many like views and likes they get on their videos is how they get paid. It's it's,
0: it's another reason you need to, to watch HBO. Uh, what was the documentary called? I can't, I'll I'll think of it or I'll look it up mm-hmm. during the break. But they, they have a documentary. Uh, I think it was called Fake Famous. Yeah. About how people become influencers mm-hmm. and how fake the whole process is. It's insane. Like they're buying follows, they're buying likes, they're buying comments. I don't
2: even know how to do that stuff.
0: You don't have to worry about it. You just you just pay a website and the website does it all That's for insane. you.
1: That's
0: insane.
1: So. So basically bot built. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think they're real. like as in B-O-T.
0: They're real accounts. Yeah. But they're. You know, that's what they're doing with these accounts is just going and commenting because they're always trying to stay one step ahead of the algorithm of the of the platform, yeah. which is tough so that the platform doesn't flag what it is that they're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, yeah, it's it's right. So Suodan just mentioned uh, the only thing of value from TikTok recently was the sea C- the C- shanty videos. That's a great example of when things happen organically, like how great social media can be. Like, that was a lot of fun. I don't know if you saw those, if anybody saw any of those going around. Nope. But, the, you know, people have been performing old sea shanties that... I think it's in, one in particular. Mm-hmm. But when was the last time you heard a sea shanty? I think it's What shall we do with a drunken sailor? Exactly. What shall we do? But nobody, nobody really... It's a lost art. So they've resurrected that and made it go viral, I mean, and it's it's a I lot know, of fun.
2: Maybe it's an Irish thing. I grew up with that, like, my whole life.
0: So <laughs> yeah. to me, I'm
2: like, I can sing every sea shanty
0: well, possible. The, well, there's a difference, though, between um, the Irish folk songs and the and the sea shanties. Right. Like, the sea shanties started to go away when sailing really kind of went away. But, and so they don't really get brought up. So you'll get, you know, the Irish Rovers put out a new album every year or different you know, Irish folk songs, so you get to keep a lot of those, but there's a lot of those that have been lost that people don't even know what the melody was to anymore.
2: Right, no, I get that. There's actually a lot of traditional Irish songs that (laughs) have had the same fate, but, like, those sea sea shanties, say that three times fast, have a lot of roots in Irish and Scottish. Sure. Um, So, it's familiar to me, but it's funny to see that, like, People have no idea what that is, and like mm. it's becoming like a new trend for this. Like, Whoa. what what are kids called nowadays? Gen Gen what?
1: Gen Z, Z or something, X. whatever. No, I'm uh, I'm Gen ABC. X. Yeah, Gen X.
2: Um, I don't know. I give With up. Myself. I yeah. thought it was millennials, and I thought we were gonna stop there, but apparently there's no, more. So, there'll always
0: be nicknames um, for them. Yeah.
2: It's horrible. It, but, well, it
0: goes. That goes back a long time, though.
2: It's like the same thing as like if you ask a kid nowadays that thinks sea shanties are new, how, like pretend that you're on the phone. Like for me, that's like this or yeah. like you're holding a phone. Right. Yeah. If you ask kids nowadays, they do this.
0: <laughs> right. You go like this, they don't know what that means. Right. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. Glad we have the video back so people could right? see what we were doing. Right. Uh, the, but, and also the best sea shanty was the, uh, the trailer park boys version.
2: Don't even oh go there. It was really don't, good. <laughs> don't.
1: Uh, Let me guess. Bubbles singing.
0: Yeah, all three of them. Of but course. It, it was it was it was very well done. Uh, oh, but God. that's but that's like the good part of this is that you know when something like that happens organic, and somebody's not gaming the system to try to get these views, and that's what's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. So when this documentary comes out about Fall River about those cult murders, you're going to see an explosion of YouTubers, TikTokers, whatever. Yep heading out to the freetown state forest well, and making these videos here i am where carl drew killed all those people and yeah. you know and they're going to start to mix up the facts mm-hmm. go out there and ask somebody who killed mary lou aruda right and you're going to get people that say oh carl drew killed mary lou aruda nope oh, james cater killed mary yeah. lou Arruda. Well, it was convicted of killing her yeah. right and it happened after carl right. drew was already it's this computer right oh, here it makes so noise what is that noise <clears throat> so uh, there's
2: <laughs> we're talking about killing and all of a sudden I hear that. I'm like
0: And then that misinformation will get picked up by another person and then that becomes the fact and the next thing you know, you know, things get well, nobody all bent does out, of, uh, out of proportion.
2: At all. However, it's going to be a huge... um The the biggest influence in this is going to be this actual show that comes out, this documentary, and how truthful they are with the information in their research. Because we know, we've dealt with a lot of this stuff uh, working in television that sometimes there's just lazy researchers. And... <laughs> You know, sometimes the truth isn't interesting enough, so they don't put that on TV. So they either bend the truth or they embellish it or they completely go with a whole other story. And it's kind of disappointing for those of us that have been researching it for years and years and years. I know I did the same thing. It's a weird noise.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's <clears throat> one of the computers over here, it's the fan that kicks in on it. So
2: It's terrible. It's. I thought it was your phone at first. Um, I'm that
0: popular that it just keeps buzzing the whole time?
2: Listen... I could make a lot of jokes right now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that to myself, but um, I uh, I think we've dealt with it so much living in this area. Um, how many? Okay, so that documentary that came out, or that local documentary that came out um, years ago, that screwed up the facts of the Freetown State Forest with something completely different. Um, you know, we all sit back all the time and say, oh, my God, that that's wrong. You know, at least to get the, the information correct. And I think get the information correct. If you're going to do something like this, the families of these people are still well and living. So don't do the wrong thing, you know. If you're going to speak of the dead, don't speak ill of the dead. Speak correctly about them. You know, be respectful to not only them, but to their families that are still having to deal with the loss of them and and grieve this awful tragedy.
0: And if you are going to, you know, take this information that will be presented in this documentary and go out there and make your own videos and, and do any of that, cite where you got it from. Right. Say... I saw this on this program, or I was listening to this podcast, or I read this book. Uh, you know, you showed me a video before we came on the air. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it's somebody on TikTok who's very popular. Yep. Who's talking about all this information, and I, I hear no citation. Right. You know, and so all I can think of is, so where'd you get that info from? Because you're not, you know, it's it's one thing if you're... Like, let's just say, uh, let me me pick something here. So, Chris Balzano writing about the Bridgewater Mm -hmm. Triangle. Mm -hmm. I never really had to question his sources because he's local. Right. And I knew that he went and he did all the work. If I didn't know him and I saw that he was a Massachusetts-based writer, I would probably make the assumption in my mind that he probably went and did the work. Because he's in Massachusetts, so is the Bridgewater Triangle.
3: Yeah.
0: Put two and two together, it makes sense. But when you start to have people who are not from an area that are talking about an area like they're experts, it's a red flag. And that goes for anybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know how protective I am. We've, we talk about this all the time off there. Uh, whenever anybody comes and <clears throat> tries to be a Bridgewater Triangle expert when they don't come here. Mm-hmm. In fact, Happens I'll, so often. just a couple weeks ago, I had on Spooky South Coast, uh, she, she might even be watching, but I had uh, Lever Radford on, mm-hmm. and she's not from around here, but she was going to come on to talk about the Bridgewater Triangle. So, And seeing that in the booking, I say to Michelle, the producer, I'm like, well, I don't know how that, like, if, if, if she doesn't come prepared with the right info... Mm-hmm. Or if she comes and tries to act like an expert when she hasn't been here and, and worked in, in in the Bridgewater Triangle, I'm just going to move on to a different topic. Right. I'm not going to give that a lot of airtime if that's the case. And of course, thankfully, she she came on and just you know came right out from the beginning and said, "Hey, I've only started looking into this. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't had a chance to really get in there and and really get dirty with it yet." And so, you know, I can obviously respect that whenever anybody wants to come in from that approach. Uh, And we had a great back and forth discussion about Mm -hmm. the Bridgewater Triangle. And I shared some things that I knew and she shared some things that she'd been looking at and it turned out to be a great discussion. But how many people have shown up here to make a documentary?
2: (laughs) Countless. And
0: they don't talk to anybody that lives here. They don't talk to anybody that's researched it. They don't talk to Lauren Coleman. Right. Which... You know, he's not going to talk to everybody. Right. But still. <clears throat> he is available. It, it, it at least reach out and try. I mean,
2: any of us are, you know.
0: But it's, and, and this isn't just a Bridgewater Triangle thing. It happens all over the country in all different kinds of places
3: mm-hmm.
0: where because it becomes popular, somebody shows up and says, well, I'm going to make a documentary. Okay, fine. And I understand that people are going to come from out of the area and make documentaries, but you have to talk to the people that are in the area. Right. That should be what a documentary is. Instead, we live in a different era now where the documentary is this person just shows up and puts themselves in front of the camera and says, you know, this is my journey into the Bridgewater Triangle. Like,
2: There's a very small band of us that have lived in this area, researched this topic, <laughs> played in those woods as kids, and... I feel like every time something comes up, it's always those people that are passed on when it comes to, you know, looking for actual information. Um, I remember for the longest time, anything that came up when they tried to do something on the Bridgewater Triangle for TV, instead of asking the people that truly knew anything about it, it's like, well, we're going to go with this one person because they look really interesting on TV.
0: Right. Or we already have a deal with them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it's like,
2: but why? Because... That's the worst person that you could talk to for this entire thing. They don't know anything about it.
0: But they look good
2: on camera. It's not (laughs) even that they look good. It's just that they look different. And it's silly because, um, you know, that's something that I think we should get away from. I remember saying to a friend of ours, like, why aren't you on this? And he's like, it's because I don't, you know, my face isn't for TV. And I hated that because that person had a lot of really good information and had done a lot of research and deserved it.
0: I mean, I'll I'll talk a little bit behind the scenes about something because I don't think it's going anywhere at this point. It's been a couple of years. Uh, But I got an opportunity to, I was in discussions with a program that was going to come and be about the Bridgewater Triangle. Yep. And it was going to be a series. And I actually helped in... Providing them the info, basically, I developed the series for them,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and they paid me. I was I was compensated, but I came up with, you know, the the angles for them to 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 make this a multi episode thing. I came up with how you know where we can go and investigate and, and a list of all the places and all kinds of stuff like that. And I mean, maybe it's still going to get made. Maybe the pandemic kind of put a hold on the possibility of this production. But when they reached out to me. It wasn't to be part of the cast. Right. It was to get information and to find out who else I knew that would be good to talk to as as Bridgewater Triangle experts. And, uh, you know, I, I basically told them, I said, well, listen, I don't have any desire to be on TV. But then again, all the people that you're bringing into this program that are part of this cast, none of them live here. Right. None of them have ever. Not even in the state. Some of them haven't even been here. Yep. So, like, this is what you want to present then Mm -hmm. anybody that knows anything about the area is going to see through this and say wow this is hollow Mm -hmm. you have to present this as here are some outside people that are interested in paranormal phenomena Mm -hmm. that say we're going to come and look into the bridgewater triangle because we hear that's a paranormal hotspot," and then you need that anchor person to try and you know work around that and i wasn't pitching myself as that at all because i don't want to be on tv right Uh, I don't like looking at myself on TV. If I do get a chance to be on something, of course I'm going to promote the hell out of it. So get ready for season two of Hotel Paranormal coming (laughs) soon. But at the same time, like I don't, it's it's not an interest to me. Right. And we've talked about it before. If somebody came to me and said, hey, do you want to be a cast member on X Mm. TV show? I would say no, because I don't want to give up my job that I love Mm -hmm. to go out and film for six weeks and come back and have no job. Right. And then hope I get a season two so that I can have another paycheck. Right. You know, like that's not the life that I'm interested in living. And <clears throat> the only reason I would even consider doing this one is because everything would have been filming in my own backyard. I could have been sleeping in my own bed. Right. And I could have still done my own job. So I was, uh, I, you know, I was in talks with them for that to, to be part of it. But, and again, nothing against the people that were going mm-hmm. to be part of it, just... You're not from here. So you can't present this as your experts in this area because if you start from a a place of you're going to tell people who live here things that they're supposed to know or things that you think that they don't know, when you need to talk to those people, you've already shot your credibility with them. So, you know, Zach Bagans never goes and interviews somebody on Ghost Adventures about a case and says, you know, I know all about this case, but tell me what what you know. Mm -hmm. Like he says, "I, I don't know anything about this. Tell me what you know. And that honesty is what allows people to open up to them. No matter what people might think of that show, the fact that when they come to town, they want to present that story. As historically accurate as as they can, people will help them out with that. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens, you know, with with a lot of these paranormal shows. And I just think if somebody comes in and tries to act like they're from here, or just doesn't even address that they're not from here, Mm -hmm. then everybody starts to turn on you. They're not going to be there for you when you want to film season two, or they're not going to be there to share stories with you, you know, especially here. People don't realize this. But Massachusetts, southeastern Massachusetts especially, we're not nice to outsiders. No. <laughs> I, no, really? I heard somebody. I, I, I never knew that. Really? No. I heard somebody on, on my program on, on Midnight Society say, oh, you know, I went to Boston and everybody was so nice. They were the mm-hmm. nicest. It's like, when did you go to Boston? Because where did you go that you thought everybody in Boston was so nice? All right, so listen. Nobody thinks that about Boston.
2: Listen. Anytime I'm in Boston, I don't, I'm in an airport, which I think is probably the best representation of Boston. Even though you have people from all over there, it's like everybody that's walking around <laughs> since people can see me now is like this with their phone in front of their face and they will walk into you. They won't say, excuse me. They won't say sorry. And it annoys me. I go down South. I spent a lot of time in Tennessee and I was just there. I mean, I was there for like the last two weeks, but, um, the first week that I was there I was stuck there in an ice storm. so I was at a hotel and because um, I couldn't fly out and the people at the desk that were working there like I just had to go ask them for something and they wanted to talk to me for 10 minutes about like just life and I found it so strange that I'm having to make small talk which is kind of awkward for me because I'm not used to having to do that here
0: right We don't want to and they're just
2: you. overly yeah. friendly but they actually mean it. So, I'm like, oh, God, I'm just so used to, like, hurry up, go, go, go. Like, that's it. But when Scott comes here, being from the South, and, like, you know, he's lived in Tennessee most of his life. He's lived in Kentucky. He's lived in Virginia. But he comes up here, and he's always saying, like, people are so nice to me in Boston. People are so nice in Boston. People talk to me more here than they do down down in Tennessee. It helps if you're
0: on TV. What?
2: No, but they don't know that up here. (laughs) Like, so, I'm like, what do you mean? Like... Maybe I, it's the I accent. It. I
1: was
0: just going to say, maybe it's his accent. Know. We're just nicer to people with accents. Know.
2: But was we're the like, person that said it to you, like, have an accent?
0: We're like, you sound different than we do. Right. So, <laughs> like, people say we sound bad. But we're going to make like, fun of how you sound. And he
2: doesn't look friendly. So, it's not like people are going to approach I'll, him.
0: I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll testify to that.
2: Like, he looks terrifying. Because
0: you you know the story. I was terrified to talk to him right. when I first met him. Right. So
2: And he thought you were homeless. So, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't
0: too far off. Uh, we only have about a minute left here uh, before the break. Uh, I think I've had Lamone on hold since the beginning of the show. Probably, he's so, probably asleep. Yeah, well, uh, well, he's in the chat room too. So, uh, Lamone, if that's you, we'll we'll get to you in the second hour. <laughs> Maybe we'll make you wait until the end of the second hour. Uh, also, but if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500. Uh, also, too, uh, everybody, hello in the chat room. And Suedon asked if uh, what the convention and event scene looks like for the summer. It is a little bit early to tell. Uh, there are some that have already announced that they will be having in-person events. Mm-hmm. There's been a few in other states that have already kind of opened things up earlier that have already been announced as happening. I know that the Ocean State Paracon is working toward having an in-person event. Uh, I'm working on something for the fall. So there will be more things that are going to be happening. Uh, we will let you know about them all. And because, you know, normally we don't promote every single convention and event and all that kind of stuff because, uh, you know, whatever, you're not going to book us. We don't need to help promote you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But uh, if you do have one, send it to us, and we will work to promote it because everybody needs help this year. All right, back in a bit with more Spooky South Coast.
4: Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live you'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store.
0: Have the new theme song
2: I know I actually have not Heard it yet So I was, I was Kind of well, surprised
0: You you obviously Heard it every night When it was the theme yeah. song For Midnight Society And uh, you yeah. Always tune in and listen
2: You're right I do It's my favorite <coughs> I mean I actually Have listened I just Haven't listened in a while <laughs>
0: Just I supported giving, you. I'm just giving you grief. So uh, we are talking about uh, you know some of these true crime stories that are coming out, no, and some of the ways that things are being uh, presented as well. And uh, we do have a call on the line. I think I've made poor Lamone wait <laughs> through the entire first hour. It's
2: persistence right there.
0: Also, like not like I hope he has an unlimited plan.
2: There's that too.
0: It sounds like his cell phone is from 1998. So I hope his plan isn't from 1998. And he's been sitting on the on hold at fifty cents a minute. Hopefully not. Although it's after nine p.m., so I think it goes down to wasn't it like half price after nine p.m.? I don't know. <laughs> he paid like fifty cents a minute until like it was off-peak time, and then off-peak was like half as much. Stefan's so like, I don't know. I've never lived in the era that wasn't unlimited cell phone. That's not, not true.
2: I I remember the days before there were cell phones. Like I remember like the bag phones and the car phones. So
0: my first cell phone I bought from a kid in the hallway of UMass Dartmouth.
2: That does not surprise me. Because he
0: needed he needed gas money to get home to California, so he sold me a cell phone for fifty bucks. Yeah, Motorola. It could have been stolen. I don't know, but I took it downtown and they were able to get it activated for me. And I <clears throat> I carried it with me everywhere I went. Yeah, but would never use it.
2: Right. It was only for emergencies.
0: Yeah, because it was fifty cents a minute. So yeah. I remember like using it to call ahead to order food. mm Hmm. And then, like, I was already in the car, and I could order food and go pick up. I was like, this is so great. Yeah. I don't have to go home and order it. I don't have to go there and order it and wait. I don't have to use a pay phone. And then... Uh, and look at us now. Then I discovered, too, that, you know, <clears throat> I could call for the movies to find out what the movie times are. So, if we were out, you know, trying to mm-hmm. figure out where to go on a date or whatever, and I was like, well, let's go to the movies, you could call, but then you had to sit and wait, because it would cycle through the movies. Yes. So, finding out would be like a 10-minute phone call. Yep. Because <laughs> they would be like, <clears throat> hold on. <coughs> in theater one, Men in Black, starring Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, running time one hundred and twenty-two minutes, rated PG thirteen for mild violence and some sexual suggestions. Like you would have to like listen to them give you the whole
3: right rundown
0: yeah. on it. That was not a good, um, good movie phone voice either. I you know, well,
3: I'm, not
0: cr- I'm not Kramer. And then they would give you the times that they were playing right, all yes. of the time. Yes. Seven thirty, eight thirty. 8:35, 8:40 because it's in like five yep. different yep. theaters. So uh thankfully that was before 3D too, so then <laughs> we didn't have to listen to all the 3D times. But anyway, you know we had we had the cell phones for those reasons and uh, 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 all I'm doing now is just trying to stretch longer to cost them more money. Yeah, so now let's let's take the call. He's he's uh he's been a trooper. Just
2: Don't hang up on him. I almost did. <laughs>
0: I almost pressed the wrong button. I was like, "Oh my god. Good evening. You're on Spooky oh, South Coast. Hello." It wouldn't be the first time on accident,
1: We,
4: <laughs> <laughs> Player, player, players. How you kids doing today?
1: What Good, up, boy?
4: Just living and loving. Stephanie, I got something I want to share with you, young lady. He's been waiting for you to
2: return for months. <laughs> I'm here.
4: Okay, all right. All right, I had a dream, okay? Mm-hmm. And you and Scott, were came to came to Vegas and visited, and we went double dating, okay? Okay. So, um, so um, you know how, like, all right, so not like the girls go to the bathroom together. It means oh, you and Lamone
0: so, like and Scott that. and somebody else. Yeah.
4: Okay. So what happened? Um, my girlfriend was Sarah Silverman. Okay.
2: Okay.
3: And
4: and so so me and Scott went to the bathroom. We came back and We heard people uh, rockets going on. We came, heard plates and stuff breaking. We came in there. You had her in a headlock and her face in the bowl of mashed potatoes. Oh. And I just and I just wanted to ask you why did you do that? I'm not saying I don't blame you. I would want to do it to her myself. But what's the reason why? You know you know like what
2: like, I uh, I don't know but what I can tell you is I've never been a fan I mean I don't know how she is like personally but just her as a comedian and uh, yeah. I don't know Tim and Matt told me before I came on the air tonight that I'm scary so <laughs> maybe that's why
4: I could believe that links you've got you've got that kind of like um, uh, that kind of like wolf werewolf Bray Road. <laughs> and um, and that OJ Simpson in you—you So you kind of got that all mixed together. So, I was, that sounds I was say, terrifying. I, was, I know it is. At least you're good on the golf course. You go, girl. Oh my it's god! Great <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So, so and I didn't get to tell you guys about the wedding. You know, like uh, how, uh on the was the I guess it was the 16th to last month. Nick Cage got married here, in Las Vegas. He he married this. Uh, this, this it's his girl, wife, isn't it? Yeah, she was like under thirty years old. She's like twenty-five or something like that. And and she was like nice. They had a beautiful wedding. And so um but I just thought that was kind of fun to share too. And about time when you're back on the air where you guys belong, visually. There's so many more people that could enjoy you by being on the tube. The YouTube that is.
0: Well, I you know, they're they're all happy that you feel that way, but they can't hear you Lamone because apparently the audio from the calls and pushing through to the video. So I might have to have the engineer fix that part too. And last night,
4: black thing? Is no, I just I just messed around
0: thing? with a few things. So maybe that'll, <laughs> maybe, hold on. The more I press different buttons.
2: Maybe it'll work.
0: Basically, I'm just pressing every button on that pot to see if it would work. I'll thanks, hold my breath. Thanks, thanks my for breath. yelling at me, Suidan, in the chat room, because I didn't know already from the 20 other people that said it before you.
4: Yes, and there's so It's so good to have the old crew back together again. You know what I mean? And it's like we're missing a few more in the talk, so we got to get them back. I I try to call a couple, uh, text a couple of people that are that are former uh, listeners, try to let them know that you guys are online.
0: Well, so, I appreciate that. You know, we we are happy to have you here at Lamone. <clears throat> we uh, we are probably probably not as happy as the people on YouTube that can't hear you, but. <laughs>
4: Oh. You see that now until I come at your front door, you're like, Hey, what's that? You know, so what's up with that? Why I can't get there. Should I sing for everybody? Hello? Well okay. now now they can
0: hear you, so it's up to you. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, what's on what's on T C M tonight, Lamone? Um, uh they're having just a few
4: things that was good today. Uh they had like um uh last night they had like uh Alfred Hitchcock movies they had North by Northwest, uh Thirty Nine Steps and uh Psycho. They're gonna have, oh tonight there's going to be um uh, the Devil's Rain is gonna be on tonight on not on on there, but it's gonna be on I guess it's uh cozy TV. Not cozy uh no the movies the movies channel, you know, movies that's like with cozy TV and stuff like that. Yeah. Hey it's I, gonna be on.
0: I wanna tell you too, there's um there's a company, I can't remember the name of it, but I'll send it to you and uh, I think the audience will be interested in this. There's, and, and I don't know how legal this all is because I was looking at their catalog of releases and I'm like, how do they have the rights to all these movies? Like, I think they're just, I think these are just bootlegs. But uh, there's mm-hmm. a there's a company that's putting out, the, uh, coming in, I think it was August. They're going to re-release uh, a 2K uh, high-definition mat- remastering of the entire series of Kolchak the Night Stalker. Oh. But that's I
4: like fun hopefully they have the, the the movie the original one the vegas vampire the one about about the shoe story i told you guys about here in vegas where the where he beat down the cops 12 cops when they used to be the desert patrol they have the metropolitan police department now but they were the desert posse they beat them down and got shot up by shot oh the shotgun oh those are the days
0: right i, uh, I, I don't knew- i don't know if they're gonna have all that but i've reached out to them to try to get some more information because uh You know, it's certainly it's something that you know we'd like to be able to bring to the audience because I know so many people want to see that show again that have it. They run it on MeTV. It is Mm -hmm. on the NBC app or the NBC.com site. You can watch it, but uh, some of the audio doesn't sync up, and there's some jump cuts where they have lost some footage. So these are supposed to be like restored, remastered versions. So hopefully it uh, hopefully it works out okay.
4: Mm -hmm. And it'll be on at 12 o'clock tonight. As a matter of fact, since you brought that up, yes, 12 o'clock tonight. Last week was really good They had the zombie one. Ooh, that was good. See, those zombies are killed a little differently than the way uh, they do it on The Walking Dead. You had to get all close up with the zombies, get to kill them up there. You know, I'm like hey, buddy, you know, like while they're sleeping, you got to get them while they're sleeping. So that's kind of crazy. You know, I but, just
0: I, I just watched a movie uh, a few weeks ago that I think you probably remember, Mars Attacks. Yeah. And I forgot how they killed the uh, how they killed the Martians. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, Slim Whitman. <laughs> like all over Vegas <laughs> So yeah I thought of you When I was watching it I, I was as, as You know Everything in Vegas I was like I'm gonna keep an eye out For Lamone To see if he's uh, If he shows up In the background somewhere
4: Yeah Hey I know that black guy That's all flatted On the on the, on the the model You know that uh, That right there That uh, Slim Whitman Had the all time Sellingest uh, Album uh, On television Album
0: ever and Oh the like, The ones that like you used to Like room. call in And send away for
4: Yeah 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 and he had the all-time selling it something like, I'm going to say like nearly 2,000. He he had it till like 19, till 2000. It was it like Ann Murray or something like that? I don't know. I, I, I
0: always wanted to make an album and sell it that way.
4: Now, you know, Ronco Records, you know, that's what the Ronco is. You k know? mm-hmm. ktel That's why right, k Records, yeah. I, hey, baby, what's that Jack here talking to you? Oh, with Leo Donna Summer, baby.
0: That's pretty good. But think
4: I smell like I'm going to get a little closer, so you know i'll wait to get, get wait you back in Vegas about yourself, take a with then, oh, yeah, yeah, but I think it would be really nice it's nice i it's so sad and you know, Matthew's so so quiet it's like it's like he's not he's not, he's like a eunuch, but verbally you know <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> you,
0: you took that in a very weird direction, <laughs> <laughs> like you could have said he's a mute, you know. Wow. Like, It's not where I expected. Should should I? Do do you think I need to let him go after that? I think Moniz is wounded on many levels. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently.
3: In the
4: nicest way. Oh, oh, I'm a unique.
0: (laughs) All right, Lamont, we're going to let you go. But uh, thank you for checking in, and it's good talking with you again.
4: God bless all of you guys. God bless having the crew back in. Hopefully, are you guys gonna be back live next next Sunday, Sunday night?
3: Sunday uh, we'll,
0: we'll see. I mean, uh, it all depends. Uh, for those who don't know, on this program, I talked about it on Midnight Society, but I'm uh, I'm doing the news here on WBSM in the mornings, and still mm-hmm. doing Midnight Society at night. So, like for example, last week I I had to not do Spooky South Coast because my voice was just shredded, and, uh, and I, 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 I couldn't. I knew I, I wouldn't called. be able to do it.
4: And I figured if you weren't going to answer, maybe you'll answer the phone when I was calling later. But no, you didn't answer then. It's like, hell, Bell.
0: Nah, we, we weren't in. Well, that's
4: good to know. Thanks for the warning, though. All right. And it's well, like, I'm hoping you guys get out of here. Oh, don't forget, uh, on the 25th, we're doing uh, the pre the premiere of a Godzilla versus King Kong.
0: Well, you'll have to let us know how it is.
4: That's what I'm talking about. And I, oh, I'll tell you how
0: uh, Coming to America was,
4: too. <laughs> Thursday night. Do you want me to tell about
0: it now? I'll wait till next week. Hold off till next week because we got another call on the line. Okay. God bless you. All right. Take care. Ciao, everybody.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye bye. Ciao. Bye.
2: You're just saying bye because you're afraid to be called that again.
0: That's just. Wrong. So I wonder how much more the next caller can wound you.
2: <laughs> Let's see. Let's have a contest.
0: Uh, here we go. I mean,.
2: <laughs> I just the, think it's funny that it's the first time that somebody's ever called him out for being like that. For like the.
0: For well. being quiet. Yeah. Uh, a, f- a few people have probably mentioned that before. That like I know somebody once said that you know Moniz doesn't say much, <laughs> but when he says something, you better listen. Uh, to which I That's responded. Nice to which I responded like I do listen. Why do you think <laughs> that? I'm just kidding. Yeah. I figured since you're already so hurt, I might as well just <laughs> you know, oh, twist oh, the knife.
2: It's 15 years
0: worth of this. Speaking, I think I right. built up a bit of a thicker of skin maybe. to take it. Speaking <laughs> of knives, let me tell you about a movie you got to see. Since we've been talking about movies and stuff, there's a movie that I watched today called Becky, and it's a movie. So I was drawn into this because it said that Kevin James plays the bad guy, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, "Kevin James is a villain." I don't know if I can buy that. Like, you I don't know if I can. about this, right? Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can buy him as anything but a goofy kind of guy. Uh, he was a white supremacist, you know, a Nazi, mm-hmm. um, you know, escaped prisoner. And he was pretty badass in it. Mm-hmm. But the the whole idea, the whole premise of the movie is him and his, you know, gangmates show up at this house where it's a family. And, uh, you know, they're they're trying to get something from the family. And this 13-year-old girl has to basically defend the family. But it's like, as I put on Facebook, it's like Home Alone if instead of being precocious... Kevin McAllister was Homicidal okay it, it, it's one of the goriest movies that I've ever seen uh, there's some really good death scenes I won't ruin it for anybody but there's some really good death scenes in it uh, and and some pretty graphic stuff so so for a little independent movie I was kind of, uh, kind of impressed with it so check it out I believe it was on Showtime is where I saw it but you can get it like on demand and all that kind of stuff so it's called Becky so yeah. well done <clears throat> alright let's take our next call Hello, you're on Spooky South Coast. How are you?
5: Hi, Tim. It's Colleen Johnson. How are you doing? Hey, how you been? I've been okay. I just wanted to very quickly say it's so good to see you guys back, and I wanted to make a, a short comment about. Uh, Is that another eunuch
0: discuss- joke? Oh God! Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm what? sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you. Off. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to cut. Are <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
3: so were... We're gonna
0: take another whack at it? Okay.
2: Which uh, works on a double me. level
0: because it's Colleen, so a whack, you know, a whack joke, you know. Yeah.
2: That makes. Well, yeah. Sense yeah. Poor to me. Colleen, talk.
0: Okay, so no, it's cool.
5: It's cool. So um, I wanted to make a quick comment. Speaking of Lizzie Borden, no less about what you were discussing before about folks, um, you know, coming into the area who or are doing documentaries who don't know a thing about the area. You were talking, um, you know, Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, I'm out here in Washington, in Washington state now. And I don't know if it's something that they do out there. I never noticed it happening, but the paranormal shows out here actually advertise for guests. And so I've seen a couple of these advertisements Asking for, they want to talk about Lizzie Borden. So I go and I email these people, and they don't want to talk to me. <laughs>
0: That's so weird.
5: And I'm like, I, I, but I was there. I was a, a tour guide at the house, and 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 um. So yeah, um. It and and not you were there
0: for investigations too, hmm. not just you know, not just yeah. tours.
5: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, but um, there was there was a group that I was actually trying to get involved um, with out here, and one of their members was doing a, a talk show, a thing about Lizzie, and I said I used to be, you know, I used to be a Lizzie Borden tour guide. I've had experiences, and all of a sudden, like they stopped contacting me in terms of the group, and and it's somebody it, I think you've mentioned the the leader of this particular group before i won't say the individual's name but it just kind of shocks me that that happens wow and they were like well we're kind of looking for somebody more well-known okay well that's true i don't have a great reputation i'm not a huge well-known person but i was there for five years
0: right who but who from there is a well-known person
5: you know, I didn't even bother to see who they finally
0: got. You know, I mean, uh, the people who were there certainly have had mm-hmm. screen time on the different programs that have gone there. Leanne's been on programs. Danielle's been on programs. Uh, yeah. you know, Sue's been on stuff. Uh, uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. Yeah, I've done a
2: few. Yeah, like, I mean. None of those people are well-known. And I mean.
0: They do a good job of kind of. You know, mixing it up with who who is there to talk about, so that you're not hearing the same stories all the time. You you get to hear exactly. from different people.
5: Exactly. But I figured out here in Washington, who are they going to get? Right. You know, in these in these paranormal on the little podcasts and things out here, and and uh, I don't know. They're coming up with these people, these names that I don't recognize, that I don't know.
0: Yeah, they'll get somebody that stayed there for one night when they came out here two years ago.
5: Seriously, I could I could count. I could list them off like these YouTube folks who've done this.
2: It sounds like they just didn't like somebody knowing more than they did cuz you would take away their
0: Right. That's that's shine. the biggest problem is. Yeah. You know there there are quote unquote radio shows and podcasts out there that will intentionally book so that they are
2: the smartest person Yeah, they're the the,
0: they're the ones that are bringing the information as opposed to the yep. guest. Which
5: I actually did one. I did one show. And and they were awesome. But, um, yeah, the rest of them. It, but thank you so much for, like, telling me that I was good at my job. You guys rock.
2: We liked ya. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. Well. Thank
5: you.
0: I don't know why I, you would ever think otherwise. Right. And bear okay. in mind, you're actually in
1: the video that we have about Lizzie Borden and moving objects.
0: Right. It's, it's only oh had, God like, a half camera. a million views. Yeah. <laughs> so you've already been on TV about this. That's true. That's true. They That's can true. they can see your foot. Yeah. <laughs>
5: That's right, right? They can see my foot, and hear my very very bad Fall River accent going. It happened again. <laughs>
0: hey, at least that foot is more than Moniz has to put on TV right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after uh, after that Lamone call. Anyway, th- thanks for checking <laughs> Thank in, colleague. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Beating a dead horse. Uh, Take care, guys. Uh, I. W- do, more like flogging a horse But you can't do that Anyway uh, So <laughs> uh, 508-996-0500 Moniz uh, Glennie is listening And he reminded me That I have uh, To remind you about something That uh, last night My guest on Midnight Society Told me to tell you Hello Denise Stoner
1: uh-huh. so she's a nice lady
0: She says she misses you And that uh, mm-hmm. hopefully She'll see you soon
1: Uh Yeah And I, I got some sad news To send to her So oh, if you I'm got her that. contact I'd like to I
0: do I'll, I'll pass that right. on to you um,
2: Somebody um, actually
0: Misses Moniz I know, I I thought about asking her like on the air exactly how much does he pay for mentions. How and then well I remembered I brought you him actually
2: up. Actually know him,
0: right? She's like, oh, he's a great guy. I love Matt, and I was like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just sure. he definitely is. Everybody that meets him, everybody that meets Moniz loves him. Right? No, really. Who right. who doesn't like you? Me. I mean. Well, I mean.
2: There's, there's only silly. one
0: person that I can think of in the entire paranormal realm that doesn't like Matt Moniz.
2: This is going to get weird fast.
0: Commander Sani Sido does not like Matt Moniz.
2: <laughs> and there it is.
0: Commander uh, Sani yeah. does not like you. That did not go well. Jesus didn't like you either. Jesus didn't like any of God, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I heard my whole life was that Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. So I book him on the show. There's and a song. I find out that Jesus does not love me. And I certainly didn't love him because I Jesus, hung up on him.
2: <laughs> Jesus might have hated me the most.
0: Yeah, you and Jesus kinda went at it. We did. Yeah.
2: I'm not mean or anything.
0: <laughs> no. No, not at all. And then, involved. you know, we were talking earlier about uh
2: I had every right.
0: People that claim to be uh experts uh-huh. of places and aren't from those areas. Remember the uh <laughs> remember the, the the guest that we booked that wrote a book about the Hockamock swamp? Oh that was Painful. <laughs> that
2: was so bad. Painful. <laughs> it was painful, but it was also, like, obvious that it was faked.
0: And then when we, well, you mean the, the work that he put into the yeah. book was faked. Yeah the, yeah. the interview was real. No, no. Like, Painfully real. The whole yes.
2: book was written without one visit to the location.
0: When when he started bringing up a bunch of things that were wrong and, and I called him up. Uh, I, I called him out on it, rather.
2: You did it very nicely.
0: And and then he uh, somehow the phone got disconnected. Right. <laughs>
2: Which, and then we couldn't get him back forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then he called back and he's like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, and like I was a like, half hour yeah, later. Yeah, no, you hung up on us because yeah. we called you out. And listen, I am not one of those people. <coughs> There's a lot of, um, it, it's it's a bad trend in radio that's happened over the years, where. People will invite somebody on for an interview mm-hmm. just to set them up, right? And and I hate that. I hate it when people. I remember there was a, ambush radio. Basically. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. There was there was a Boston <laughs> radio show, uh, a sports show where the two hosts booked Rick Pitino, who was the former Celtics coach, mm-hmm. who did not have a great tenure as the Celtics coach, but it was you know after he'd gone back to college basketball, and so he thought he was coming mm-hmm. on to talk about college college ball. ball, and and so the first thing they said to him was. You ruined the Celtics, and they just hung up the phone on them, and that was it.
2: That's horrible.
0: Like so unprofessional. And then I was watching a video the other day of I I think I can say their names because I don't think they're on radio anymore. And but uh, Opie and Anthony interviewing
1: back always.
0: They were well. This was 2010. They were interviewing Paris Hilton about some new show she had, and it was just painful. Yeah. Like the way that they were. Interviewing her. And like, I'm not, I'm not just going down the road of, you know, it was misogynistic because it was, uh, I'm not going down the road of saying it was dismissive of her because it was, I'm just saying straight out, like it's bad, non-entertaining radio, unless you like listening to somebody get set up and, and somebody get attacked. Otherwise you, and people are like, oh, well that's, you know, that's Howard Stern radio.
1: Yeah. I but it's,
0: but it's not Howard Stern Radio. Howard didn't do it exactly like that. If Howard right. had yeah. somebody on that he was going to go after and attack, they stayed and they went head-to-head with him. Right. You know, he would never do that. He there would... was
2: still some weird level
0: of respect there. <clears throat> and, and that's why people still go to him. He's <laughs> actually a very great interviewer. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things he's that
2: made me listen the
0: content. to it. I mean, now people don't like him as much because they say he's soft and he's a suck-up and he's sold out and all that kind of stuff. Like, I actually find that more... That gives you more interesting interviews. Right. Because the person is more engaged with the subject instead of just trying to do a stunt interview. Yep. Uh but anyway, so you know, we've never booked this show for that reason. Nope. Like we've never brought somebody like people have
2: asked us and we've said no.
0: We've 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 said when there's people that we disagree with, like that paranormal group that was charging money to come and do their investigations. And we want to have them come on so that we can have them explain to us why they (laughs) think that it's okay to charge for paranormal investigations. Like I will do a 20 minute discussion about that.
2: Right. Whether we agree or not, you know, we'll let people know afterwards. The only time that we've ever really truly disagreed is when it's been like completely and totally wrong. Like to the point where it was like morally wrong. So.
1: Wait. Like when people do actual damage to people for right, things. Right, or yeah. illegal things, yeah. or,
2: you know, like trespassing, different things like that. That's when we'll speak up Is like something's breaking the law, somebody's going to get hurt emotionally or physically, yeah. then okay, you know, we stay by what's truly right, but we don't judge you for, you know, things like that. We've had people come on that have had two totally differing views to the point where they were at complete odds on the internet, elsewhere, court cases, whatever, you, you know, but they've come on this show... And we've played neutral party and let them talk it out or, you know, be able to speak on both sides of things. Um,
1: like that, uh, <clears throat> the Indian group that we had, the native tribe and the um,
0: the game maker. I think that, right. I don't know if that was, that's, that's, that's I think that was definitely pre your time, right? Mm-mm. You were here for that? Yep. Okay. So if I, anybody that doesn't mm-hmm. remember, because I do always point out to that episode yeah. is like <laughs> what, what I think the show should, should be. Should
1: not be? And it's exactly so it. So we it's-
0: had... Uh, a, a board game company You know those tabletop games where um, I'm trying to think of some of the, Like Warhammer and <clears throat> some of those games Where like Dungeons and Dragons Kind of stuff too to some degree and Magic, you like know, role playing games yeah. But it's like you know yeah, there's yeah. a lot of you know, Physical pieces involved and all that So a company that makes those games uh, Had devised a uh, King Philip's War Game so the game was all about The Wampanoags and the colonists Battling it out in King Philip's War and they had somebody who was uh, in the media condemning them for this. Somebody who was a, a represent a, a professor at I think Rhode Island College of Native Studies, who was native, and was just lambasting this group in the press because you know who are they to take what we went through and mm-hmm. make money off it? Of, and and they're not wrong. Right. I mean it it, yeah. it 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 is it's a sore area. It's still, as far as I'm concerned, you know it's it's. It's history that's out there for somebody to be able to utilize. Right. But at the same time, like there should have been some communication with Mm -hmm. the tribe as part of this. And so we had, and it was so hard to get both sides to come on. The board game company was all set, you know, they were all ready to come on because of course we're going to be promoting the board game. Then when they found out that the professor was going to come on, they were like not really too sure about if they should still come on. But they said, you know, we've got to address this and we want to address this. But you know, they weren't sure that they wanted it to happen in a radio format. They want, were hoping that this professor would just talk to them. Uh, but I, you know, talked to them, out and they said they would stay on. And then the professor was not sure about coming on. Uh, but so we worked it all out. <clears throat> got both parties on here. And then it got rough. Yeah. Yep. I, I, there, there, were, there, there were words. It was testy during some of it. <laughs> there were words. But by the end of the program, they had agreed that the professor would work with the board game company mm-hmm. to help make sure it was historically accurate and historically sensitive. Mm-hmm. So like as far as I'm concerned, that's what this, and I don't just mean this program, but I mean anything like this should be able to do. It should give people a forum to be able to talk out those issues and hopefully find some common ground. Remember when we did the the, the first show we did about Plymouth Ghosts?
1: Oh, God, that's way back
0: we had three different tour companies yeah. in here represented that all hated each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they they would all, you know, kind of undercut each other's business. And, and from what I understand, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of it still went on after they were in here too. But we mm-hmm. kind of bridged some of that gap for them by having them all in here. That was another one where they're like, well, if you're having them on, we're not coming on. Uh, if This one's not coming on. This one's not coming on. The only time I ever backed down from that was when we were talking about voodoo. And I still wish I hadn't backed down from, from doing that, that I should have had both people on that I wanted to have on. Yeah. The problem is, is it was <clears throat> their personal issues with each other. Two different supposed voodoo practitioners. Mm-hmm. Their per- their personal issues with one another didn't fit the topic idea of the program. Right. Uh, but I, I still should have taken that opportunity to have it go back and forth because, you know, the, the same issues they had, here it is <laughs> five years later and they're still having those same issues. So, you know, lesson learned a little bit about that, but... I was really just trying to address the voodoo crimes that we'd had in the area. I don't know if you remember that spate of—I think there was two or three crimes that they felt were voodoo-related.
1: Yeah, uh, beaded seashells left, and a couple other things.
0: Well, no one was—one was actually that the mother uh, had contacted a voodoo practitioner to come in and rid her daughter of these evil spirits, and they basically abused the hell out of this child. As a way to do it, but it was, yeah. T- <laughs> tough I think
2: s- the show still turned out okay.
0: Yeah, no, we certainly, we talked about it and we, we got it out there, but, yeah, you know, there's issues that this forum can help address. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, it helps a little bit that we are an actual <laughs> radio program. So when people come on to this program there's different rules that they have to follow than if yeah. they were on a podcast. Yep. So you, there's, you have to have a little bit more decorum here than you could if, you know, it was just going to be something over the internet where you could come on and you could tell somebody to screw off and not so many yeah, words yeah. and, you know, do whatever, you know, whatever where, it is. Where it, things can get
1: actually ugly. Wherever you've had yeah.
0: building up for all that time, you can just let it loose. You know, you can't do that here. Right. So there's, you know, there's something to be said that, that probably helps us out a little bit. There's, there's also, uh, you know, some degree of, I'm trying not to put this in a way where it, I mean, it's promotional to come on here. Yeah. You know, like that's why guests come on shows like this and people are always like, Oh, that guest, all they do is they come on and they say, you know, buy my book, buy my book. Well, of course that's why people come on radio programs. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, 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 A different story, if you're listening to WBSM during the day and we're having on the city councilors or, you know, the other newsmakers of the area, they're coming on for the conversation. A show like this, you know, the guest is coming on for the conversation, sure, but there's a a motive behind what they're doing. You want to increase your own audience and increase buys of your book or views of your documentary or what have you or any of that. So when you can say to somebody Mm -hmm. you're going to be on the radio... That will be attractive to them to come on Mm -hmm. and to say, you know, like, I can tell you I've been on, you know, shows like Coast to Coast. Mm -hmm. And so you would think, oh, I must have sold, you know, 50 books at least talking about... No. No. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't sell any when I went on that show. But it's still nice to talk to a larger audience about these things Mm -hmm. because then you get some phone calls from people or somebody reaches out to you and you get more exposure for, you know, the kind of stories that you're collecting. So... There is a lot of value in that and it can, it can be the, the common ground that you might not get in a lot of these. And also like podcasts have to stand out. So they want to be controversial. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Now they want to say, you know, they want to come on here and make a big deal so that everybody starts talking about it because otherwise how are they going to talk about it here? You don't have to do that because we've been around forever. So people listen to us, you know, Mm. So, I don't know. Uh, there's there's probably something to be said, though, for the freedom of being internet only. I mean, I, I allow some bad language to go out over Midnight Society. I wouldn't if we were on the regular radio. Right. But, you know, sometimes when somebody lets one slip, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, nobody's, you know, going to report us to the FCC because we're not broadcast. So, it gives you a little bit of uh some freedom in that regard. But also, like... <laughs> Anybody that ever gets the opportunity to go on a show and you can't compose yourself enough to not do that. Right. Like, eh, I worry about you. Well,
1: then again, you also have some people that just don't want to be on the radio either. they're, They're more happy being on, quote unquote, the internet where they're not as, like you're saying, censored.
0: Well, you know, we used to say that people wanted to be radio hosts because they heard Howard Stern doing it or Art Bell doing it. And they're like, well, I could do that. So that's why they wanted to, to, to have their own radio shows. Now they hear, you know, Joe Rogan and they're like, well, I could do that. So then they want to do that same kind of show. And so you hear a lot of, and, and, and listen, I don't mean this uh, as any disrespect to anybody, but so many of those paranormal shows sound exactly the same. And I was listening to some of these shows, you know, in 2006 and seven, I listened to everyone that I could find, mainly because I wanted to make sure that we were different than everybody else. Right. And I, I -hmm. wanted to find ways that we could stand out. But as it turns out, like most of them were just copying what we were doing, which what we were doing was really just kind of copying what those who had come before us had done. So it's a, it's a matter of... (laughs) You know, it's a formula to some degree. And then when the whole blog talk radio thing took off, now all of a sudden everybody can have a show. And as Stephanie said, you know, you've got people booking a show just so that they can be the smartest people in the room. Mm -hmm. And I've I've been the guest on programs like that. And it is annoying. You can go back and listen to like appearances that I've made on other shows. And you can kind of tell what I thought about the hosts (laughs) by how much I talked. Yep. You know, if... If I think that you're a good host and, 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 you know, there's, there's a good flow of the conversation, I'm going to give you a short answer and I'm going to let you ask another question and we're going to go back and forth. If I feel like you're not holding up your end of the conversation, I'm taking over. Yep. And I know that's an annoying part of my personality, but I can't listen to something that I think is bad. And I'm not saying like I'm the best out there. But I know that when I hear something that sounds bad to me, I'm pretty sure that if it sounds bad to me, it sounds bad to the audience.
2: But then, what happens if you have somebody that hosts a show and you go to give them an answer and they cut your answer off with their next question, and they keep doing it over and over and over again?
0: Uh, I would, I'd probably fight my way through that uh, to some degree. There was no fighting. Like I would probably, uh, you know, but I mean, like, kind of just deal with it. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd, I'd. When I say fight my way through it, I mean like I would. You would persevere I'd hold my I'd hold myself back yeah. a little bit and just get through it. Yeah. Persevere. Yeah, um, it was it was a tough one. That's that's <clears throat> you have to look at it like this. And this has been said to me by other people, much bigger personalities mm-hmm. than we are, who do these things all the time. And they said, Listen, you're giving up your time mm-hmm. for these things. If you're ever in a position where you feel like it's not worth your time, You know, you have to make that decision. Do I want to give them the rest of my time? But the downside of that is the people that are listening won't always recognize the fact that it is the host's fault. Right. And so they'll just look at you as being the jerk that hung up early. (laughs) Yep. So that's part of the problem. (coughs) I have always... I've... So, you know, I'll, I'll break down the fourth wall a little bit here. Michelle will book the guests for Midnight Society Mm -hmm. and she'll be nervous about something. And she'll be like, I don't know, like this is going to work. And I I always tell her I'll get three hours out of anybody. Right. Like, just give me anybody and the idea of what it is that we're going to talk about. And I'll find a way to pull three hours out of them.
2: Maybe. For the most part. For the most part. There's been a few.
0: But that's kind of the way that I I look at it. (laughs) It's my job. So I take it as a challenge. Right. And if somebody is bad and just not giving me something,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like it's my job to get us to that three-hour mark. Mm-hmm. Some other hosts that do shows will say, "Well, we're just going to cut the show early." Yeah, you know, and 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 I've never done that, but there's been some times when you know I've I've tried to bring up other topics or worked other things into the conversation. It's just part of what happens,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that there is you know a, a a responsibility a little bit on your part as the guest if you're going to accept a three hour or two hour radio interview you have to be dynamic you know you have to be prepared for it and
1: but some people aren't ready to be able to be out on the, on the radio i mean some people agree to be able to sit there and type on a computer write out the story and that's fine but Some people get, you know, camera shy or mic shy once you get them on the radio.
0: Yeah, but
2: I feel like those people are the ones that are agreeing to do this because they think that they can. They just don't realize they can't.
0: Right. There's, there's. It's ego. There's some, there's some teaching that has to be done. Yeah. There has to be, there has to be some, like, listen, I I just recently downloaded a very early episode of Spooky South Coast to share with somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was uh, the Angels and Demons show. So we're talking like, you know, six months into the show. And I heard myself, I'm like, I was so bad. Like I was just bad as a host. Not that I'm great now, but I was terrible then. And I thought that, you know, in those days, the guest had to bring everything to the table.
2: Right. But a lot of people think that.
0: But the more that I've done it and the more that I've <clears throat> talked to different guests and, and gotten into, you know, because I listen to a lot of talk radio. So I always thought, like, it's so easy to just do that because the guest brings you everything you need. I knew that, you know, I knew about George Norian his 15 questions. Mm-hmm. So and people would say all the time, like, do you want me to send you talking points? And I'd always say, like, no, I don't want talking points. I just want to have a conversation. Like, mm-hmm. give me the couple of things you want to make sure that we hit on. Sure. Yep. But for the most part, like we're going to have a conversation and, and that's a, that, that, that's a Dick Cavett thing. That's where that comes from because when Dick Cavett started, I think it was Steve Allen that told him, uh, or maybe it was Jack Parr, whoever, whoever, I think he worked for Jack Parr. So he told Dick, uh, Dick Cavett told Jack Parr, I'm not sure that I can, you know, do these interviews. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, then don't do interviews, just have conversations. Yep. And so that's what I've always tried to do. But when you've got somebody that can't hold the conversation, you're, you've got a problem. Mm. So I tell everybody, like, if, I, if they're new to this and they've never done it before, I always say, like, we're not doing an interview. We're just having a conversation, just you and I. Don't worry about who's listening, you know, because nine times out of ten, whoever's listening <laughs> is on your side no matter what. You know, there's always going to be a couple of people that are going to complain about it. But most of the people are just happy to have some voice in the night. So uh, that was kind of the way that I would hopefully put people at ease. But I, I just found more and more as I got used to doing it, that it's it's not on the guest. Mm-hmm. It's on me. And there, like, there are nights when I have a guest that can talk and I will just let that guest talk. But then there are other nights where it's like pulling teeth to get stuff out of guests. And you have to be ready for that. So... Listen, the worst thing that can happen is that when you ask that first question out of the gate and you get a yes or no answer out of them. you know so Monies, I hear that you've been uh, researching the paranormal for what going on 30 years now. you must have had uh, you must have had quite the career and, and quite the amount of experiences over that time. Yes. All right. well, you know maybe we can talk about some of those experiences. maybe you'd want to share some of those with the audience. Uh, you know do you think we can probably get into some of those you know at a pretty deep level? I guess so. All right. Well, uh, so let me start with a question I always hate starting with. How'd you get involved in the paranormal to begin I hate with? That. I know. <laughs> and I hate starting that way. I hate that question. It, it usually serves as the icebreaker. Right. So if you hear me ask that question, just know that there's two reasons why I ask it. Yep. One is because if I think the audience doesn't know enough about that person, you, you kind of have to ask you that get question their background. first.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but also, two, I will ask that question if I feel like the guest is nervous Right. because I know that that's a question that they are expecting to get first. So getting that question will put them at ease.
2: I also feel like there's a different way to ask that question that sounds better than just, <coughs> so how did you get interested in the paranormal? What was your first paranormal experience? I've been on so many different radio shows, podcasts, you know, different things like that. And... Everybody always asks that first and then they always follow it up with a completely random question that has nothing to it do with to do anything with the, that I discussed. Right. And I think from getting my start in radio when I was, how, how the hell old was I? When uh, I 11.
0: Came, came on here, you were 11 and a half. I don't
2: think I was 11 <laughs> and a half, but okay. So I was 18 when you guys started the show. So I was probably a guest on the show. Like by the time I was
0: 19, 20. Yeah. I think it was what, twenty ten you started being on regular, right? Does that sound uh,
2: right? no.
0: Twenty thirteen? Yeah. I wanna say twenty thirteen because
2: I was pregnant shortly after. Yeah. And then I couldn't hang with you
0: guys. Like <laughs> Oh no, twenty ten was when we met, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. So um so yeah. But you know, I would be driving in my car, you know, like on a Saturday night while I was still in high school listening to you guys on the radio. So, Which is
0: why her social life was yeah. clearly not a lot. that cool.
2: <laughs> right. Here I am, X amount of years later, sitting here with you on a Saturday night. So it still shows what my social life is like.
1: Was it show about ours?
2: Exactly. So, But getting my radio start with you has taught me how you've interviewed over the years and I've picked up that conversation type of interview skill as well. So it annoys the hell out of me when I'm somewhere else and people will do that to me. And I'm like, just follow the conversation. Right. Just do what you need to do in order to continue. Who cares what questions you have written out get to them at some point that's, when you run out of material. And
0: that's why I won't send talking points. Right. Because they just move on to the next talking point without asking. Exactly. Follow up.
2: But It's annoying. It drives me crazy.
0: So there there was an interview that I did once. I won't say what show it was because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't want to embarrass any particular hosts of major national overnight programs. But I, was, <laughs> I had submitted my questions, uh, my talking points, mm-hmm. and I remember leaving off. I think I left off with, and that's when I got thrown up against the wall at the Lizzie Borden house. Right. And then the next question was just like, well, let me ask you about this. Right. Like, why didn't you ask me about getting thrown up against the wall at the Lizzie Borden house? Because- that's a really good way to end a sentence Yep. Yeah. and to give you a natural lead into to the next question, mm-hmm. but you have to be, you know, paying attention. I
2: remember when you were, um, you were <coughs> filling in for, am I allowed to say your old radio show?
0: Uh, the other program. The other program. <laughs> Art Bell's last radio show. Okay. Yeah.
2: So you were filling in for that and you were like, "Hey, I need a guest tonight." Um, you know, do you mind doing it with me?" I was like, "Yeah, not a problem." Like, it was so last minute, but that's how you and I are. Like, I'll fill in anytime that you need me to. And cuz again, who the hell has a life randomly at that time of night? But um I remember they sent me a list of talking points. And I was like, I'm not I'm not filling these out. Like, I refuse to fill these out, first of all, because I know how you feel about them. Second of all, I don't think you need a talking point at this point, because you're probably one of the very few people that know everything about my life. Well,
0: uh, you know, <clears throat> full disclosure, I get I get a list of talking points. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you you <laughs> oh just God. scared the hell out of me, though, with that. And I'm let me hit that button there. So okay. Let's see if that fixes it. Uh, <laughs> I thought everything was coming down. I saw your foot go up, and no. I thought, like, something just broke. I knew it was the- I was like, oh, no, everything's going to come down on that table. And you left a water on it. <laughs> no, anyway. it's sealed. It's uh, good. Speaking of, you know, uh, being on, on the Internet versus being on the radio. Yeah. Uh, so, listen, that's the first thing that comes out of my mouth whenever anything goes wrong. All right. The first rule of radio Is when you say it Just forget it And move on on. You know But uh, so Play it cool Play it cool But I do get the talking points Every night Because you know I want to make sure That I'm covering the things That the guest wants to (laughs) Wants to talk about And when you're doing A three hour conversation You know It's good to kind of Map out in your mind Where you want to go Because like What I do is segmented so, because we have breaks that we right. take. So, I want to make so sure, like, this, this segment is going to be this segment and this segment is going to be this segment. So, I kind of have a map in my mind of where to go. But, you know, don't ever give me the answer to the question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just give me, like, uh, don't even give me the question. Just give me, like, the point to bring up.
1: <laughs> the bullet point. And of, let me work yeah. it
0: in. And then surprise me with the answer because I want to be listening to hear what it is that you say. All right. Well, we are just about out of time, which is probably better for me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, we will be back. I think next Saturday night. Depending, again, depending on how much my voice holds out. As you can tell tonight, it probably wasn't a good idea.
2: Right. I, I think to we should have skipped it. A Mexican.
0: I. I, um, I hope that everybody. All that food's still out there. I don't know how good it's going to be now, but I don't care. Everybody, uh, <laughs> everybody that wants to hear me do the news, you can download the WBSM app wherever you are in the world and listen to me uh, do the news. I promise I will keep it clean, and uh, I, I start every morning at uh, at 6 a.m. is the first newscast, so you'll be able to hear all of those, and uh, you can let me know what you think. It's all you know local news, so if you're not from the area, it might not interest you, but it's a uh, you know, you can kind of follow along with, <laughs> you can hear as the week goes on, how much my voice gets shredded as we get closer to Saturday night. So I will try and do uh, the best I can to be back here next week. Uh, but until then, if you want to reach out to us during the week, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can also uh, find us on social media. We are at Spooky SpookySC on Twitter. You can find Spooky South Coast on Facebook, uh, pretty much wherever you go for, so, except TikTok, and no, we're not on TikTok. No.
3: Nope.
0: <laughs> and now you can find us on YouTube as well. So we're back with that. And, uh, and and we'll see if we can keep that going as well as the weeks go on. So that'll do it for tonight's show. Until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. We want you all out there too. stay spooktacular.